0: Before we started tonight's show, I wanted to apologize in advance for an audio issue that we encountered during our recording. As a result, we had to use our backup recording, and the quality is not as good as it normally is. Sorry about that, but I think we have it fixed moving forward. Enjoy the show! You're listening to the Screeners Podcast Network.
1: From the big screen to the small screen, and everything in between, this is The Screeners Podcast, where all media is appreciated, but none is safe.
2: Hey, everyone, and welcome to a new episode of The Screeners Podcast. I'm April
0: this is Chad.
2: Before we dive into our show tonight of our review of Toy Story 4, I just want to remind everyone to make sure you check us out on our social media channels. You can find us on Twitter at ScreenersCast or find us on Facebook by just searching The Screeners Podcast. We would just love to hear what you think. And before we jump into our episode tonight of of Toy Story 4, we have a special guest joining us tonight. He's been on the show before um, anytime we talk about Pixar, we like to have him because he basically has as close of a PhD to in Pixar as you can get, but that is Dr. Jeff Sawyer. How are you doing, Jeff?
1: Doing well, April. Thank you for having me on again. I can't wait to talk about Toy Story 4. Yeah. yeah.
2: So yeah, so without further ado, why don't we jump into our review of Toy Story 4?
1: Everyone, Bonnie made a friend in class. A-
2: oh, a she's already making friends.
0: No, no, she literally made a new friend. I want you to meet... Forky!
2: Uh, hi. Hello. Ah. <gasps> He's a spork.
0: Yes, yeah, I know. Forky is the most important toy to Bonnie right now. We all have to make sure nothing happens to him. Woody, we
1: have a situation.
0: I am not a toy. I was made for soup, salad, maybe chili, and then the trash. Oh, for... ah, ah. Bus,
1: we've got to get Forky. Affirmative.
0: And that was from the trailer for Pixar's latest Toy Story 4. The IMDb description reads, When a new toy called Forky joins Woody and the gang, a road trip alongside old and new friends reveals how the big world can be for a toy. It is no secret that many people thought that Toy Story 3 was the absolute perfect conclusion to the Toy Story trilogy. So I must be honest when I say that this film the fourth installment I wasn't as excited for and I feel like that's fairly common Um, I should say that the box office while very strong opened to about 120 million domestic for the weekend was in some cases 40 to 50 million dollars lower than expectations and so I don't know if that is a, a result of the quality of the film or people not being excited for it because they loved three so much or what it is. What I thought we would do tonight is talk about our opinions on the film, obviously, and talk about what we thought about Toy Story 4, but I also wanted to to get your thoughts on the trilogy as a whole. I know that the first three films taken as a single entity, many people thought that is just about as solid a trilogy as has ever been made. Forget just in CGI, but period, full stop. Do you think that this fourth installment enhances that? or takes away from it, because I am curious. But I should say this is getting high critical praise, just like all these Toy Story films are. So is it as good as the others? Let's talk about it. Jeff, you're our special guest tonight. We'll start with you. As April mentioned in the beginning, you know, you've know, you done a lot of exhaustive academic work related to Pixar. And so we're always very interested in your, in your opinion as it comes to their new work. And let me also say too, Jeff is doing us a solid tonight. He's on vacation with his family. <laughs> He's here tonight. And so Jeff, let's start with you. What did you think? about Toy Story 4 and how it impacts the entirety of this Toy Story franchise
1: so you mentioned my family we always go watch the Pixar film the weekend that it opens together and so a lot of times my viewing the first viewing of the Pixar film isn't very academic it's more of like emotional let it you know let it go over me and let me just feel the emotions of this film and I wasn't really I mean I was looking forward to going to see this film but I wasn't like excited about it if that makes sense i was like i was a little nervous because because yes. i was like ah those toy stories one two and three are really great like you're talking about it's a solid trilogy what can they possibly do and i never do this but i went and read a couple of reviews or at least bullet point reviews and kind of got the scores that are out there and it made me feel better about going to see it but i still didn't know because i was like forky what is forky Uh, You know, what is this going to do? But having watched it with the family, I really enjoyed it. And more so than I thought I would. And I think it's because I set my anticipation levels so low for it. But I really did enjoy almost every aspect of the film. And I was going in with a critical thought. And, I, you know, I think it did what it was supposed to do. And we could talk about that in a minute later. But I think it did what the filmmakers wanted it to do and not necessarily what the fans expected it to do.
0: Okay. We're not going to specifically get into a, like a top three ranking or all this, but let's go ahead and talk about that. So where do you think this falls for you on the Toy Story scale?
1: Uh, I think this is probably it, at three. So if I was going to mm-hmm. rank them, I'd go one, three, four, two. Yep. And not because two is a bad film, because I really like two is where we get Jesse, it's where we get the prospect, we get some great characters but you know, Alice Toy Barn, there's a lot of great stuff going on in two, but there's something about a conclusion that four brings and a conclusion that three brings. It's kind of like false conclusion, but it's not really a false conclusion because three has this kind of ensemble conclusion feel to it. And four has the individual clothes of our main character, the most beloved character. So I would rank them that way. One is because one, I mean, that catapulted the entire Pixar world and it, we introduced these these characters to us. So I always put it first.
0: Okay, okay. So April, let's go to you. Tell us a little bit about your history with the Toy Story franchise up to this point, what you thought about 4 before it came out as far as your anticipation and what you thought about the film itself.
2: Okay, so Toy Story 1 came out in what, 95, I think? 1995? Sounds about right. So I would have, I was seven or eight when it came out. Um, So I was a kid and loved it growing up. So I kind of grew up with this series. So I have some nostalgic feelings towards it. I actually, I put this in the exact same order as Jeff. Uh, One, three, four, two, Uh, as far as overall liking it. Honestly, I had low expectations initially. And then I thought the trailers for Toy Story 4 looked really good. And it was getting a lot of praise and critical acclaim. And so I was really excited. And full disclosure, my daughter turned three on Monday. And so we all went to take her to see Toy Story 4. It was me and my husband, my mom, my brother, her, and then my three-month-old. So there might have been a few moments where I was (laughs) like, Shh, Rayleigh, no, stop yelling for popcorn. There are people around us. Um, So it probably wasn't my most focused review just going to be honest up front. Um with that being said though, I actually left the theater pretty underwhelmed. Um I was expecting more. To me it felt more like it felt more like a spin-off of the trilogy. I felt like Toy Story 3 really wrapped up the story almost as perfectly as you could. I thought it was a really good ending for the series, and when I, that, that's why I was initially kind of bummed when I found out they were even making Toy Story 4, because I thought it ended so well. And this, this one kind of only follows one character instead of the whole group, of toys, To me, I think that kind of took away because I think what most people love about Toy Story is the, the, the toys, plural, like the gang, the characters that we fall in love with. And I think my biggest issue with Toy Story 4 is they introduced us into a whole slew of new characters that were really fun, but we didn't have any previous emotional connection with them to really drive home a lot of the emotional moments that the Toy Story franchise has just kind of become known for. I'll say I did not cry. In this movie and I think I've cried in all the other Toy Stories but did not in this one so yeah that's kind of my overall feeling I mean it's a great film and it stands alone but I think because it had such high expectations being having the Toy Story name on it for me it was not as good as I think it could have been but okay. that's kind of my basic
0: Okay. So a little less positive than than Jeff there. My feelings on the franchise is that I think that this is one of the few franchises where the first three are all at such a high quality. For example I think of things like, you know, Matt Reeves, current apes trilogy, things like that where each each entry is really strong. I was, I'll take it a step further than you guys, it wasn't just that I was not excited about the announcement of this film, I was actually kind of aggravated by it, because (laughs) I felt that Toy Story 3 concludes this arc of these characters so perfectly and I kept reading things about uh, the creators saying that they just had this kernel of an idea and it was just too cool not to make. And it just, and you know, this has been sort of a troubled production. It's gone through a couple of directors. And so all of these things just kind of led me to a place where I was not excited about it at all. Unfortunately for me, I think I'm going to probably be the, the voice in the wilderness here. Cause I think most of the people that I've talked to just still absolutely love this movie. And I don't, I don't I don't love it. I, I don't dislike it by any stretch of the imagination. It is visually stunning. There are there are moments in this film where it looks photo real. It is absolutely mm-hmm. breathtaking, especially when you compare it to Toy Story One. The the journey that the technology has made is just Beautiful. There are so many gorgeous shots uh, in this film. You can't deny the level of craftsmanship that is involved in the making of these films. Everything is intentional from how the camera moves to, the, to what is in the frame to the score to every point of view shift. All of that stuff is done with care. But for me, it just didn't work as much. I I did like some of the positives for me, obviously the visuals. It was scary. There were actual, there's a a sequence in here where it just straight up kind of turns into kind of a kid's version of a horror movie. It has some horror tropes that are actually really intense. And I enjoyed, I enjoyed the fact that, because Pixar is never afraid of going to dark places and exploring dark material. And this series in particular, it is interested in trying to figure out what is what does it mean to be alive? It even has a, and we'll get talk about it in spoilers. It has a stinger after the credits that addresses that question, you know, specifically. And, and with Forky in particular, uh, who I love Forky was really funny. And uh, the voice acting performance was excellent, but we learn very clearly through his character arc that we are going to talk about recognizing who you are and your purpose and and all of these well-worn themes that, that Pixar has explored before but this movie for me it it falls flat specifically from the standpoint so this is i this is kind of like the last jedi of the toy story universe it subverts expectations at almost every turn Mm -hmm. for kind of deeper meaning one of the things april that you talked about was one of the major pillars for me that was a a, a disappointment is it's not just that all the other characters are are essentially sidelined in this movie the characters that we've come to know and love Mm -hmm. but it's it's terrible how they treat uh buzz lightyear's character i mean we almost get none of him Mm -hmm. and the first three stories their interaction amongst all the amongst all the characters has been vital to them learning who they are and becoming who they are in their roles you know woody has always been the kind of the, sh- the the boss of the town and, mm-hmm. and uh, Buzz comes in and, and turns that on its head and their relationship through all these films, even though we, we meet all the new characters, the prospector, we meet all these new characters along the way. It's still their relationship and how they play off has been vitally important. Mm-hmm. And Buzz is almost not in this movie. In addition That's to that, All the other characters, like you mentioned, are also sidelined. So if you're going to do that and you make the decision to do that, then what we're left with, in my opinion, needs to be super strong or different in a way that justifies it, this film's existence. And trying to keep it spoiler-free, what I can say here, and I agree with Jeff that this was more about the individual's journey, Woody in particular, I don't think necessarily that – Woody's actions toward the end of this film are consistent with his character although I think that the filmmakers in this movie do set up a lot of things to set up what he does unfortunately we have three films prior to this and it's not that I don't think characters can or should change certainly they should I just don't buy it I just Mm -hmm. don't buy it and so for me I, you know, on Letterboxd, this is still, for me, a four out of five star film, because it's still so well made. Um, the new characters are funny. I didn't think, I didn't think the um, Bunny and, uh, it's uh, Key and Pill what's, what's the other? Um, Ducky. I didn't think Bunny and Ducky were as funny as some people did, but I, I thought they were fine. Mm -hmm. And like I said, I really enjoyed Forky. But overall, when I take a step back from this movie, it's clearly the fourth best for me of the four while not being bad. I just can't, and I need to revisit it because I've only seen it once, but I just can't see myself fully embracing this film. the emotional punch that they wanted to have at the end for me. I've seen people on Twitter, be prepared, your life will be wrecked. And I just didn't have that. I didn't have that reaction. I wanted to. I always want to. But I just didn't. So for me, I'm disappointed in in the film just from that standpoint. It does feel like kind of a separate standalone adventure that didn't necessarily... I don't know what that story was that they were so excited to tell. So, Jeff, maybe you can school me. I don't know. But for (laughs) me, it just didn't work as well emotionally uh, as I wanted it to.
1: I don't think I can school you until... Uh, we get to a spoiler section because I think it has a lot, it'll spoil the end if I talk about why I think it it happened the way it happened and why the filmmakers were excited to make this. I also didn't cry, but my wife did. She bawled next to me. So, it you know, some people just have different emotions. Now,
0: I have a cold, me, dead heart. There's no doubt about it.
1: But, well, you put me in front <laughs> of the Toy Story 3. So I, I was teaching a class last week and I showed a clip from Toy Story 3 to talk about kind of what my research was about. And it, to this point, I still tear up at the very last scene of toy story three. And mm-hmm. it, it's just it, every time, just like I do in up in the first, you know, the montage It's just, it's an emotional connection. I did not tear up in this film. And it, a lot of it has to do with the fact that I, it wasn't about, for me, it wasn't about an emotional connection with the characters like you said all those characters are sidelined and that's i think that's all on purpose and but to introduce new characters is difficult in in this situation i also have a problem with the villain in this film because there's not really a villain but yeah. there is you know and again I, I probably can't really deep dive into that until mm-hmm. spoilers but there's a there's a villain issue in this film that i think creates some of these issues that you may be feeling too because we don't have we, we we have a hero and we have a guide, but we really don't have a villain. Kind of do, but then it's not. It's weird. It's so it's a, it's an ambiguous villain.
0: Outside of the villain, I think that's part of my issue, and we'll jump into spoilers very quickly here so we can just talk about it. But when you sideline all of these characters and for the most of the film, and then you want the emotional payoff at the end to be revolving around those characters, mm-hmm. to me, that's unearned. You're right. And so that's that's my right. that was part of my biggest problem there.
2: Yeah, um, I think I would have enjoyed it much better if they didn't call it Toy Story Four, but like a Woody story or something. Because it felt very much more focused on a sing, on his storyline than the others.
1: I will say on your sideline character, I keep seeing people uh, on Twitter today, it was like, Don Rickles died and they didn't revoice him. They just took all the stuff from the twenty-five years of the source material they had, and I was like what do you have like three lines in the movie? I don't remember <laughs> that character saying more than three things, you know? So mm-hmm. that was kind of like, okay.
0: Yeah. But we should say, you know, this is, it's most critics really do love this film. And I think it's one of those, it's similar to, like I mentioned with the last Jedi, it's one of those things where I think the themes that they're interested in exploring are different than what most people expect and there's that in and of itself i i support that wholeheartedly i just felt it was a little bit of a cheat for the ending that they wanted um Mm -hmm. based on what they set up even though why he did what why would he does what he does they lay tons of breadcrumbs in this Mm -hmm. entire film to set that up but to me i felt it was a little bit of a cheat but uh let's go around is there anything else you guys want to talk about before we make our recommendations and jump into spoilers Okay. So let's start with you, Jeff. I think I know the answer here, but I'll go ahead and ask you for our audience listening at home. Do you think people should see this in the theater? Should they rent it when it's available for rent? Should they wait and just stream it on a device that they already pay for? Or should they skip it altogether?
1: No, no, no. Just go to the theater. Like any Pixar, almost any Pixar film visually is worth seeing in the theater. This one has good sound design. They're a really nice, moments that are cinematic you talked about the kind of the horror section stuff that's all important to see in a theater i would definitely go this week and see it
0: i agree i mean i was scared of those dolls i'm i'm a grown man and i love (laughs) i love horror movies and there were a couple of times where i was like whoa it's getting intense in here all right april same question to you
2: Uh, i mean it is pixar and it is a really good film so probably the theater although Personally, I think I would have been fine just to rent it or stream it once it comes out. Can I just say I enjoyed watching Dark Phoenix better? Ooh. A bold statement. I feel I also like that's a,
0: that's a hot take right there.
2: I know. You... I, also didn't, I also didn't have my children with me when I watched hey. that, so that could be part of the reason.
1: Yeah, I was like say, wait, whoa, whoa, whoa. were kids involved in Dark Phoenix? Because they were involved in Toy Story. Yeah, I don't kids know are
2: good. not involved. So. Listen,
1: in the theater, I had people behind me doing weird things and people in front of me doing weird things. See, anytime you go to a Pixar film, it's like that because you get kids everywhere. But yeah. it's <laughs> worth seeing it. Don't see it on opening weekend, which has already passed. So go see it now. All the kids have seen it
0: please feel free to send all your hate mail directly to April. Um, I am not the
2: filmmakers of dark Phoenix are going to love me.
0: April has been really on this horse about defending all the filmmakers around dark Phoenix. (laughs) It is the hill she is literally willing to die on. I don't know why. I don't know
2: why either. I
0: I am not going to go that far and say that uh, the experience of Dark Phoenix is better than Toy Story 4. (laughs) Uh, I definitely enjoyed it more, but I do think it is theater worthy, absolutely, for all the reasons that we've already mentioned. If you get a chance to see it in the theater, this film is greatly enhanced by the theatrical experience, so you definitely should do that. And with that, let's move into spoilers for Toy Story 4.
1: The first rule of Fight Club is... You do not talk about Python.
0: Well, you look nervous. Is it the scars?
1: You wanna know how I got him? But there's so many places it wouldn't have occurred to a hawk to hide.
0: However, the reason the Fuhrer has brought me off my Alps in Austria and placed me in French
1: cow country today is because it does occur to me. In mean, a dream I knew that he was going on ahead. He's fixing to make a fire somewhere out there and all that dark and all that cold. And I knew that whenever I got there, he'd be there. And then I woke up. So, this movie is about Woody, and I think we can pretty much agree on that. So, yeah, if you've seen it or not, but if you have to go back to the first Toy Story and where Woody is large and in charge, right? And he has everything planned out. Like he's very meticulously planned in what he's going to do. And he quickly goes from being the hero though, to really being a villain or a foil in this kind of Buzz versus Woody situation. And from that moment on, his world's turned upside down, but when he does reconnect with Buzz by the end of the film and he does create this, he's still the leader. When he gives himself up in Toy Story 3, to Bonnie from Andy's box. So he was gonna go to college with Andy. Andy was ready to take him. When he gives himself up in this kind of ultimate sacrifice act, he not only sacrifices himself and his relationship with Andy, he sacrifices any leadership he has because Bonnie's toys already have a hierarchy as we see at the beginning of this film. So he's kind of lost. And I think this is about Woody finding his identity Where he's had it before, and so he has this existential crisis. This kind of doesn't know who he is anymore. And it's the whole theme of the film is finding out who you are. It's what Forky is, right? That you have a role and a reason for existing. And Woody's role and reason for existing completely goes away. And even through the course of this entire movie, he's having to be guided by Bo Peep, where he has been the guide and slash hero throughout all the other stories and at this point he has to kind of give up that control and by doing that I think he finally gets agency because he can make a decision for himself rather than thinking he has to do it for the whole group or for Andy or for Bonnie and so I think it's really it's it would be like Toy Story 4 Woody's independence You know, that's kind of that's the way I read the the whole film, and the whole reason they wanted it because I think they want Woody to have that kind of freedom he had before Buzz even showed up.
2: Mm -hmm. Didn't they? So, correct me if I'm wrong, and maybe I'm making this up, but I felt like they were almost advertising this, or someone started it as this was going to be the last Toy Story in the saga. So, and I don't know if that's what the filmmakers intended but that was how I read it and I think I went into it at least thinking that this was going to be the last one and if this is is the last one I just for me was like I thought it was a good it was a fine journey for Woody but I was just very disappointed we've kind of we've already talked about this but I don't know why they would not focus on the characters as a whole without I don't know I, I I just think I would have liked it a lot better if they look if they marketed this as more of a the woody spin off of Toy Story instead of
1: yeah but Pixar never markets anything the way it is yeah. so they don't tell you what the story is going in like you didn't you really didn't inside out it's about as close to, to the marketing, but with up like you saw a floating house that was about it, and yeah. they just don't they don't market it. I think they want to get you in to see the story and they promise all these other characters and you, you anticipate it, but when it comes down to it, Pixar's going to bank on Pixar's name to get buttons in the seats. So the story becomes a part of it and they are going to try to draw on sentimentality and some emotional connections with those things and bringing, bringing Bo back is is a good point of that, you know, and trying to make that kind of love connection, which they hadn't really done before Mm -hmm. either. They've hinted at it and I write about about this in my dissertation some, that there's not really a romantic relationship other than the Potato Heads um, and then Jesse and Buzz. And then Woody really kind of gets left out. And so I think part of this too is to to give him that kind of, for the adult audience, you know, that Mm -hmm. kind of romantic partner uh, feeling that you expect, that we've come to expect from kind of conservative, traditional American stories.
2: I do have to say, I love the Bo Peep transformation of how she went from the, you know, you're just your typical female character of the nineties, just kind of a pretty face to this, you know, BA girl who's rocking it on her own out there. I will say I was the, and maybe I'm the only, my, my husband made fun of me because I got hooked on this for a little bit, but at the very opening when they say nine years ago and it's, and I know to, I, he's explained Toy Story has a different timeline than our timeline, but I was really confused. It was like nine years ago. Toy Story 1 was when I was like eight. Like, this is not nine years ago. But anyway, <laughs> um, so I, it literally took me like five minutes to try to figure out that math. But anyway, I did not buy that the Woody of when he was with Andy would have even considered getting in that box with Bo Peep and leaving Andy behind, especially since he was essentially still one of his favorite toys in what they were presenting.
0: Yeah. And I think that's, I agree with that. That is, that's partly what I was talking about with they are the, the filmmakers I think in this one are trying so hard to set up the ending that they, in, they almost retcon some things related to that so that they can leave the breadcrumbs for what they want to happen at the end. See, I, I personally, I don't think that I don't think that Woody suddenly choosing to stay with Bo, Bo Peep is a decision that is consistent with what we have already seen in the previous films, including the film that we've just seen part four, Because Woody and Bo's relationship has never been as foundational to the series as all the other things that Woody stands for. The nobility of one's purpose as a toy, the love between a plaything and a child, uh, the cultivation of a healthy playroom community. And then all of a sudden, they give us this very traditional embrace of a traditional romance. And he makes that decision to take that over the communal vision that these movies have always painted of the community and the toys together and i understand the journey of woody up to this point and that he can change i just didn't buy that he would have i i am a staunch defender of the last jedi i think it's brilliant and (laughs) and so i don't have a luke problem with the last jedi and a lot of people and now i sound like the old disgruntled fans from the last jedi because it went away that I didn't expect it to. And that's that in and of itself is not what I didn't connect with. It's just that I don't I don't buy that the filmmakers did enough in this film for that moment to pay off. Uh, one critic that I read a lot that I like, he said that Woody was never meant for the the world out there. He's always meant to be in the wild, wild west on the corral. His place is on the ranch. As a toy, I think that's where the disconnect for me happens, even though I understand why some people buy it. But when you pile all those things up and then we get the moment that all these characters come up and he says goodbye where everybody is supposed to get this big emotional ending that now the toys are saying goodbye to each other. I just didn't feel that was earned.
1: Well, you have to remember Woody's 70 something years old for sure. And I, I saw it almost like uh riding off into the sunset because you know, although that would have been a really good imagery to do, but I, or something like from the searchers, you know, in the doorway. And he, that would, and I was thinking about that today. I was like, well, that'd be some good imagery they could have done with the wild West or the Western theme. And, but I think without saying it, I, I, the filmmaker, by the way, I will say is a first time feature director Josh Cooley who for a first time feature, I think he did really well with this film. I mean, we're all talking about how good it is, and here we are picking off the stories. But we all know that Pixar workshops and Andy Stanton's one of the writers, who's yeah. one of their one of the foundational writers of all Pixar films. And he, I, you know, I have a feeling they probably argued over how Woody would leave the life of a toy in the in the would he leave the life of a toy uh, in the playroom or would he continue to try to go from child to child to child until he, I, I see what you're saying. There's a little inconsistency in his character, but at the same time, I still think the filmmakers are trying to give him a freedom that he didn't have, or he didn't feel like he felt like he had.
0: I understand. Right. And so I buy that idea. I just have a hard time thinking that that would happen as a result of this romantic relationship with Bo Peep. Mm-hmm. Um, right. Like that is the thing that would be the, the linchpin for him to, because yeah, sure. He is 70 years old, but this is happening in the last, you know, three years or eight, nine years of his life. So for the first 60 years, he's had this kind of moral code that changes specifically. And maybe Forky plays a role in that because he's, he made it his mission for Forky to understand who he is and that he has a purpose, and so Woody then, through the lens of what he's doing for Forky, sees what's happening uh, with Bo Peep and what she's been able to do as a lost toy, and that avenue I think is more interesting than just the the typical romance. So maybe I think maybe for me, just the the romance angle was a harder pill to swallow for him to make that radical of a of a decision although i should say again i don't want to be too negative on this film because it really is it really Mm -hmm. is a good movie but i want to talk to jeff before we wrap things up here i do want to talk about uh the villain problem specifically because you've got gabby gabby voiced by christina Hendricks, and she is an ambiguous kind of villain where and typically these are my favorite kinds of villains where you when you first meet them You think one thing, but then as you begin to see what they're doing, their motivations kind of make sense. So, Jeff, tell me though, tell me what your villain problem was here.
1: So, there's no punishment for the villain, right? In fact, so it's Stanley Williams writes, you know, you got to reward virtue and punish vice, and when you're writing films, and the her vice is rewarded because they show pity on her right I mean she rips out Woody's voice box and uses it to try to um, get a kid and when that doesn't work they show like pity and mercy which I guess is a good thing but when you're then there's no bad guy like what's the problem here there's no there's no tension and I felt like it was kind of a weird place tension whereas like Lotso is a clearly he's he's this character you're talking about like he's you think he's lots of the friendly hugging bear. He smells like strawberries and he's great. And he's going to help him out. And he's really Shawshank Redemption prison warden. You know, he, <laughs> this is, this is uh, and this is their problem. And I kind of saw that, you know, you could tell she's the bad guy. She's got the howdy duty style uh, henchman with her. And, and in fact, when Woody says howdy to him, my wife, laughed because she was like, howdy duty. And I was like, Oh yeah, that's funny. Um, <laughs> then, but, and you can tell, and then she's just, bad but for a good reason and it's it's ambiguous and it's confusing and i'm like wait wait, 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 wait. why are we, wait why are we going back to help her so maybe mm-hmm. i'm just maybe i lost the point on that but i just did that i think they had a problem there
2: She was pretty much the inverse of Lotso, where Lotso started off where you really liked him and then he turned bad. And then Gabby Gabby started off where you thought she was just terrible and then ended up turning, I guess, good-ish. I mean, she still took the voice box, but wasn't purely bad. I actually
0: liked it a little bit because... Pixar is not afraid to tell the same story over and over again, just different ways. Because the prospector is the same thing in Toy Story 2. We start off thinking yeah. that he's good and then he's mm-hmm. not. And then we get Lotso thinking he's good and then he's not. So I did like the fact that because they very easily could have gone down that same road and they kind of tease like it is, mm-hmm. although. As soon as you see the, the ventriloquist do- dummies, you know that there's nothing good that can come from that. Um, but I actually kind of like the fact that when she got a chance to just explain to Woody why she wanted his voice box, he was willing to give it to her, essentially, because he understood what it was like to have the love of a child. And so I thought that was interesting it really is dealing with a lot of very heavy and profound thoughts, existential thoughts. Uh, And I love a film that is interested in doing that, especially through the lens of a quote unquote kids movie. So Mm -hmm. I do give it credit for that. Even if for me, uh, it didn't work as
1: well as the other three.
2: I have a serious year question real quick. Speaking of Woody's age from like five minutes ago okay did they jeff you could help me with this but did woody um did they mention him being made in the f- 1950s in any of the previous movies
1: well in number two in toy story 2 we find out it's from a tv show and i believe they mentioned from the 50s, 50s yeah woody's roundup okay yeah,
2: woody's so here's roundup. my so andy was his first kid correct
0: i don't think you can infer that we don't no. know that
2: we no. don't we know, know that, that.
0: I think you would have to say, based on where Woody is, that where Andy is, is that it was probably Andy's grandfather's toy, and it was passed down. It would have to be.
2: Well, yeah, but Woody never talks about any other kid. I felt like in this movie, he said something about Andy, and then when they were talking about their past kids, he just mentioned Andy and then Bonnie. Anyway, I was just thinking, Mm -hmm. if he was made in the 1950s, but Andy wasn't born until... 89 or 90 or whatever where, where was he for 40 years but that's just me getting caught up in years and numbers
0: yes <laughs> i don't know that's a good question i i've just always assumed it was a family toy that was very well taken care of and was passed down or toy story five is the is a prequel
2: <laughs> a prequel the grandfather andy senior
1: that's it that's it <laughs> oh please no tour story five
0: (laughs) yeah well and that's so that's what we'll end today with with our discussion today is uh and we'll start with you uh, april and then go to jeff or and then i'll go and then we'll give jeff the last word is do we think that this film elevates or lowers the franchise do you feel like it's a worthy of its existence april let's start with you
2: well first of all it is a really good film i know i've kind of talked it down but it's well made it's pixar it's a good quality film for me though it does water down the first three a little bit i think toy story 3 ended it perfectly and i think this just took away from it a little bit i'm not saying it damaged it those uh, it still is a great franchise altogether but yeah i so, I don't think it was necessary. So if
0: you had a magic wand, would you make it disappear or would you allow it to stay?
2: Uh, I would love to have like a 10-minute Forky and Key and peel bit from it, like a short film of a future <laughs> Pixar movie, but the rest of it could go.
0: Okay, Jeff, same question to you.
1: I don't know. I, I like the first three, and I think we all love trilogies. I think it's just ingrained into film lore i mean with some of the best film sets or trilogies but we also have really good film sagas so i think that they were trying i honestly think Pixar was trying to say let's make a saga out of this and so it has a little bit more uh oomph to it than just a trilogy again pushing the limits like Pixar does i w- i would keep it i, I like it i think because i love woody's character i know we've talked about some of his inconsistencies that may be in this film, but I think for for his full character, kind of roundup to use a pun,
0: <laughs> yeah,
1: okay, uh, it was really bad. I think it's good. And I would keep it.
0: Okay, I think I think that the existence of the film is fine. I do think that it is the worst of the four, and so for me, it does overall. It kind of dampens the impact of of the films taken as a whole i do think that toy story was interested in pushing the limits creating a saga i also think they were interested in making money um -hmm. (laughs) yeah but you know all that aside right all that aside this movie was made intentionally with a lot of care and love and they're trying to say something very specific And for those that buy into it, I think it's, it's fine. So I, I would allow it to stay, but just barely, just barely. But I, overall, I do think you should still see this movie. It is, it is very good. Well, a huge thank you to Dr. Jeff Salyer for joining us tonight, Jeff. It is always a pleasure. We love your insight and uh, we hope to have you back again. So thanks for being here.
1: Hey, thanks, Chad and April. I really appreciate it. Always love talking with you guys and listening to you guys.
0: Absolutely. So thank you guys for listening. Don't forget to check us out on all of our social media channels and join us for our next show
1: when we'll be reviewing Yesterday. And that's a wrap. You've heard what the Screeners had to say. Now you be the critic. Head over to ScreenersPodcast.com
2: and let us know what you think. See you next time.